everything school. They're not gonna keep him off the field tonight. War Eagle. Hey, 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 and welcome on into the Patrick Party podcast on this early Friday morning. I know we were a little bit backloaded and late with some of our coverage, but by now the podcast should be out. Honestly, if you're listening to this, unless you listen to it immediately, the email newsletter will be out as well. And within that, there's our Patrick Party picks, which had our best participation ever this past week. So highly encourage you to participate in that as well. If you win, you'll get a shout out on next week's email newsletter and maybe on the podcast if I remember. So highly encourage you to do that. And ladies and gentlemen, it's getting a little bit chilly outside. We have crossed into November and basketball is upon us. That's right. We have Auburn basketball to talk about as they won their exhibition game over Auburn University Montgomery 102-66 this past Wednesday night. I was in attendance. It wasn't on TV, so if you weren't there, you didn't. I mean, you did miss it, but like you didn't miss watching the game because that wasn't an option. So we'll talk about that game, kind of my very generic thoughts, everything, of course, with the asterisk of it's AUM. Then we'll talk Auburn football. Not really. I mean, you should know by now their success they had against Mississippi State. But then we'll mostly preview this Vanderbilt matchup and things to come moving forward for the football program. And then, you know, we'll briefly also talk about Auburn Baylor. Our next podcast will come out same-ish time frame for next week after that Baylor game before they play a game next Friday night. So let's go ahead and get into it. A lot to talk about. In a very exciting time of year, we'll start basketball. Auburn 102, AUM 66. My big thing in this game was kind of just getting to know, not getting to know the team, but like seeing the team against another team and really trying to watch these newcomers and just kind of see what they were made of. And now I will go ahead and say Aiden Holloway, the five-star McDonald's All-American point guard, um, he had been seen on campus having a boot, um, on, had a little minor, minor ankle injury in Auburn's, um, actually win, um, against their, in their secret scrimmage against Furman, um, Auburn scored 110. Remember Furman upset Virginia, um, in the first round in the state tournament last year. And so he did not play in this game and like came out in street clothes, didn't really even warm up. Janai Broom lasted three minutes before having a tweak in his rotator's cuff. Um, the elbow should be fine, should be able to play against Baylor from everything Pearl said post-game. Same thing with Aiden Hallway, will be fine. Just didn't really want to risk it against AUM. We'll probably play against Baylor. Those are probably Auburn's two best players, but for the rest of the team, it kind of gave us an opportunity to just kind of hone in on them and I mean just to talk for um, Auburn big night um, of rotation especially in the minutes several players I mean Trey Donaldson played 22 minutes Chris Moore played 22 minutes Denver Jones played 22 minutes Cheney Johnson played 19 minutes Katie Johnson played 20 Jalen played 21 Chad Baker Mazzara played 19 Dylan Cardwell played 21 and then Lior played 10 and they gave the, the bench some time so, very spread out, just kind of a game where everyone got to play kind of an equal-ish amount of time, and 
let's just go ahead and talk about my focus going into this game was the newcomers and just kind of what role they added to this team. Auburn didn't shoot the ball particularly well from the three-point in this game um, with a percentage of, they went 5 of 25 or 20%. Four of those makes were from none other than Denver Jones, who went 4 of 8 from the three with 18 points on the day, 5 of 9 from two, um, made all of his foul shots. And Denver, kind of our first, you know, Trey played mostly the one. They rotated some other people in because Aiden was obviously out. So Trey and Aiden will share time at that one. I would imagine Aiden might start, but we'll see early in the season kind of where they go. They kind of seem like a 1A, 1B. We'll see who develops into And if Aiden is all what he can be, one would imagine that he will take that Spartan job. And I don't want to diss or just act like Trey Donaldson can't compete with him if Aiden gets really good because, I mean, we all saw Trey Donaldson against Iowa and towards the end of the season, particularly in Birmingham. I was there at the NCAA tournament. He, he looked great. And, um, you know, he was a football and basketball player. He came to Auburn to do that. This was his first offseason where he said, look, I'm only doing – only doing basketball, and that can be really big for an athlete when, you know, for most of their life they've been doing several sports, and now they can specifically hone in on one. So I wouldn't count Trey out. I wouldn't say that one's significantly better than the other. I, I think they have different strengths and weaknesses. But Trey Donaldson, um, four points on the day, eight assists though, uh, didn't make a shot from deep, and this one played 22 minutes, three steals as well. And I think in this one um, – you know, it. you look at this one, this two position, and we kind of talked about Denver Jones. KD came in, you know, gave that spark of energy, was just swiping for everything, um, ended up having a team tied for team high with four steals. Cardwell also had four on the day. Trey had three. So I, I think the big thing, I, I really want to focus on the newcomers because um, those might be the players you don't necessarily know. Um, Denver big um threat from three and we played all right and i i think will um certainly add more to that two position definitely a lack of like a sharpshooter that auburn's had in these past few seasons um we moved to more of that three position and um for auburn uh chris moore started the day for the tigers in this one and i I think it's one of those things where with you know Chris Moore, he has that experience, um, but he's going to be kind of sharing time with Chad Baker-Mazzara um, from, I believe, Northwest Florida. Chad Baker-Mazzara, the newcomer, had 15 points on the day, 9 of 9 from the foul line at the three position. You know They're both going to be filling in that role that Alan Flanagan left when he went to Ole Miss, and... Chad Baker-Mazzara, and we'll talk about Cheney Johnson in a second. They were kind of my, like, and Denver Jones. The new guys were kind of the MVPs of the day. They were who I was focusing on, but I was like, okay, like, these guys are legit. And um, just certainly big. If you talk about the four spot, um, actually, Cheney Johnson got the start. Jalen Williams came in. We actually said, you know, for Jalen coming back and being his fifth year, it was kind of still a position battle. And I think Jalen will end up starting. It's going to come down to who plays more minutes in this one. And I mean, we know what it, it, Jalen's played in Auburn Arena, or Neville Arena before. So 
I, I think it was more of just kind of getting Cheney adjusted. He played at AUA or UAH last season. He had 14 points on the day, six of 10 from um, down low in a 19-minute performance. I believe Jalen actually ended up playing more um, total in this game. He played. Oh, he played 18. So they literally split time exactly. Um, Jalen, same as always, came off the bench, immediately added a spark. You just see that veteran um, player in him. And at the five spot, you know, Janai went down with that shoulder injury three minutes into the game. So 22 minutes for Dylan Cardwell. And then they were kind of just rotating players from there, letting other guys kind of play the five at time, maybe a little bit more of the small ball, um, you know, just specifically in this game. Um, and, you know, Dylan, it – he played all right, uh, had nine points on the day. You just you hope to see that when he gets down low, he can be physical. That's been something he struggled with, at least in my opinion. So just something to look for in this one. Of course, Auburn will play Baylor in South Dakota on Tuesday at ESPN at 8 p.m. And it is a, it's going to be a tall task. Baylor's a good team. I believe they're ranked. They're not. They're just out of it. I've seen different polls and metrics, you know, preseason stuff. Scott Drew always has a good team. Um, and, I mean, Bruce Pearl said he's like, look, like I, I, I feel like i got to keep Auburn relevant and play these games. No one really wanted to take Baylor up. Baylor played in South Dakota last year. Um, they're playing there again. No one really wanted to play Baylor in South Dakota. It's kind of random. He's like, look, like i got to do what i got to do to stay relevant, play on ESPN, play a big-time game to start. And I want to show my kids I'm not afraid. And so they're playing Baylor. No one really wanted to play Notre Dame um, in Brooklyn, which is essentially could be a home game for Notre Dame. And um, he was like, "Look, like we just got we got to play these big games to stay on ESPN." And you know, and with this Auburn team hasn't gotten a lot of hype because, in theory, a lot of these guys are unproven, um, especially a lot of the transfers and coming up. Um, you know, moving up divisions, either from, you know, up to, you know, a D1 SEC, you know, major conference uh, team. And so you just see like, oh, some of Auburn's better players left last season and they brought some young, you know, like transfers in that don't seem as flashy. You know, like it'd be pretty easy to not pick Auburn to be that great. I think you do a little bit more research and you can see Auburn's potential is great. Now potential means you haven't done anything yet. So, We'll see where Auburn ends up. It's going to be a tough start to non-conference play. Um, and then, of course, Auburn will return home from South Dakota and will play on Friday um, for the home opener. And so should be um, a fun start to the season for Auburn. We're going to learn a lot in this first game of what this Auburn team's made of going against the Baylor Bears, who certainly have a strong program. But before that, the Auburn Football Tigers will be playing up in Nashville. I'll be up in attendance. One of the 28,000, and I believe around 500. You know, Vanderbilt is building things in both of their end zones. It's, it's an active construction site. It's a weird environment. A little bit weirder, though. Um, and we'll see what Auburn can do against Clark Lee's squad. Let's talk about Auburn's performance against Mississippi State, though. Pretty much everything I said that Auburn needed to do. And on all kind of the platforms they did you know they immediately came out and they were going tempo and they were throwing the ball around and running the ball and i think the big thing with tempo is to play in tempo you have to kind of stay ahead of the chains and be getting yards auburn was able to do that against mississippi state they passed it around to 11 i believe different wide receivers got a catch on the day they did that's 11 and very spread around um and you know when they're able to do that and when you know 
it, it's all the guys at the top that should be. Rivaldo Featherweather had four receptions. Jay Fair had three. Javarius Johnson had two. Of course, one being that touchdown pass. Jarquez had two. Camden Brown had two. Damari had two. Shane Hooks had one, that being the touchdown. Um, Caleb Burton had one. Brian Batie had one. Michael Johnson Jr. had one. Jeremiah Cobb had one. It was very spread around um, for 20 total completions for 230 yards through the air. Um and three touchdown passes for Peyton Thorne. That's the most since Bo Nix um, in a single game for Auburn. Along a 45 yards, a beautiful second touchdown to Javarius Johnson. I believe first time he even walked in the game. And so, um, you know, overall, they're targeting their best people. And, you know, when you do that and when you are able to spread it around to different wide receivers, you're able to use people in their actual positions. You know, they have been throwing Rivaldo you know, all over the place just to try and get him open. But when you get these other threats and these other people that people have to guard, you can then use Rivaldo for his natural position. And it, it, it was just complemented by a great running attack by Auburn right at about their season average with 186 total yards. Um, Jar- Jarquez had the long run of 50 towards the end, but he ended up having 144 total yards. Thorne had 38 on eight attempts, an average of 4.8. Um, Damari was able to get back into the game for the first time since his injury had four attempts for just nine yards. Robbie Ashford was only in for three plays. Um, wasn't much of a presence really at all in this game and it was Thorne's show. And that's pretty much what I said is I was like, look, Auburn's going to have to run tempo. That's when they've looked best. Freeze even said it. He was like, look, that's when Monty and I are most comfortable play calling. That's when Thorne seems to be most comfortable. And, I mean, you talk about that, that. It feels like the most comfortable everything's been. It's been like there was no, like, who's calling the plays, what's happening. Like, it all felt very fluid. It felt like one offense the majority of the game, at least the first half. And I'd say the most impressive thing and biggest takeaway was, wow, that last touchdown drive before the half when Auburn was just a, I mean, that was a great sequence. Auburn gets the stop on fourth downs, able to march right down and get that touchdown. And so, I mean, j- I mean, and I know the second half happened, and Auburn slowed it down. It felt very Tuberville-ish. Auburn had the lead. They knew Mississippi State, if they didn't have a major turnover or help them, was not going to score. They didn't. Auburn. The most important thing was getting the win. And this is what we're going to talk about. And if you haven't read it yet, PatrickParty.com. You can go find our preview. Also, um, for our email newsletter, it's 100% free. You can uh, sign up for that on PatrickParty.com. Momentum. That's the name of the story. That's kind of what I'm going to talk about here is you had positive momentum on this offensive side. Can you get it done against a Vanderbilt defense that has struggled? You know, uh, people, I heard it put this week, it feels like Mississippi State's secondary, but they don't even have Mississippi State's front. Teams have been able to run wild. Georgia ran wild over Vanderbilt. I know you're like, okay, well, Georgia's great. Well, Georgia struggled running the ball. They've had a bunch of injuries. Um, and, you know, for this Auburn Tiger team that ranks fourth in SEC rushing offense with 186 yards per game, exactly what they got, ironically, against Mississippi State, um, with Jarquez leading the pack with 144 on 17 carries. They're going to – I think it's one of those things where Auburn's going to be able to run tempo and just get another game under their belt of showing proof of concept, which I think is the biggest thing in a year one. I mean, Auburn, I would say, projected to go either 6-6 six and six or 5-7. and seven. They're not – whoa, 6-6 six and six or 7-5. and five. Um, I think they get this win against Vanderbilt. Sorry, I just revealed my pick, but I mean the matchup. It just it point if, if Auburn can. And Free said this in his press conference. He's like, I'm scared. It's a weird place to play. It's he didn't say this. But it's an actual construction site, so it's even weirder. It's gonna be a small crowd, mostly Auburn people. So I don't even know if the crowd's that big of a 
problem because, you know, they'll probably be cheering for Auburn. But it's one of those things where if Auburn can be disciplined and this team can just ride in with their momentum and keep it going, they should have no problem in this one. And it's all about proof of concept in this year one, right, of – Seven and five ain't flashy. Seven and five ain't getting recruits excited. But if you can say, look, this is what we're building to. This is what we had. This is where we came from. This is how we were able to take a team that probably would have gone three and nine if we hadn't done all this stuff and got them to seven and five. Go win a bowl game. If you get eight wins, you couldn't have asked for much more. I mean, that's probably best case scenario for a season, especially for a year one. Um, and then the schedule sets that favorably for year two. And that's getting kind of ahead in big picture. But I mean, I don't want to say it all rides on this Vanderbilt game, but. Just another chance to show proof of concept, to get another SEC win, back-to-back SEC wins. I mean, if Auburn could win these next two, Vanderbilt at Arkansas will be difficult. You don't really know what you're going to get. I know they fired their offensive coordinator, but their defense led by Travis Williams. You probably remember him. Um, former Auburn player, also coached with Auburn, went with Malzahn to Central Florida, then got hired by Sam Pittman to go to Arkansas, their defensive coordinator. Um if you can take a pair of resistance to those two, three straight SEC wins, God knows when the last time Auburn's done that. And, um, I mean, seven wins in a regular season will be the most Auburn's had since 2019. You know, 26, or 2020, the weird COVID year, they went six and four and didn't get over six. They got six and 21 and 22 was five. So it would be improvement. Um, it would be clear going in the right direction. And so I think Auburn's going to be able to run, and I think that run's going to set up the pass. I, I really think Auburn's going to be able to do what they want in this game. you know. Um, and on top of that, this offensive line that was kind of piecemealed together, I know Connor Liu, you know, we've talked about him starting at center. He got SEC freshman of the week after playing every snap for his first career start at center. It's clear, like, the talent's coming in. It's just going to take time. And let's talk about this Vanderbilt offense. Um Two quarterbacks, you feel like Auburn's on the other side of that. I feel like it's going to be Thorne for the most part the rest of this season. Um, Vanderbilt started with Ken Seals. He had started in 2020. Um, he can, From what I've been just told and kind of described, he can read any defense. It's just a matter of he can't always execute. Walter Taylor, they're 6'7", 235, kind of looks like Cam Newton a little bit. Uh, quarterback, he played some against Ole Miss. They're kind of testing him out a little bit to see what he can do, but he struggles to read the defense. The running back even had to come in against Ole Miss and help him out with that. He did get his first career rushing touchdown at Ole Miss. He's a uh, a four-star prospect, nation's number 20 quarterback by on three. Um, and it, it, I think you're going to see both at times. It, it just feels like an offense is still searching, and that's something I've said all year about Auburn is the second you see them start to put different quarterbacks in, it feels like they're searching. Auburn's dead meat. Kind of feels like that's where Vanderbilt is in this one, and I, I, yeah, I just I struggle to see how Vanderbilt's going to score enough points to win this game or stop Auburn from scoring points, which that's pretty much everything that you can't have from a team. Um, and their best player by far on offense is their wide receiver Will Shepard. He has eight receiving touchdowns, which is tenth in um, the nation and third in the SEC this season. Shepard is one touchdown away from matching nine, which is his season total in twenty two. No Commodore in program history has caught nine or more receiving touchdowns in a season twice in their career. He's going to go to the NFL draft. This is actually Vanderbilt's senior day. People are like, oh, would he set out? Like, this team sucks. Well, so it's their senior day. It's his final home game. You know, Vanderbilt's constructing that stadium, so it's their last home game of the season. They have a hanging jumbotron. Kind of a weird atmosphere. Obviously, I'll be able to talk about it more after the trip. 
but then they're on the road the next two weeks. They have an extra bye weekend there because they played at Hawaii, I believe, at Hawaii at home um, earlier this season on week zero. So they were able to, um, you know, to not. They, they have an extra bye weekend here. And so they only got two more games, both on the road. So, you know, maybe Vanderbilt fans will show up. We'll see. Their defense, for, for all the struggles I've talked about with their defense, and I've said some not as nice things, We've talked so much about turnovers with Auburn, and it kind of feels like that's where Vanderbilt that Vanderbilt has 10 interceptions this season. That's tied with Auburn for most in the SEC and 13th in the nation in interceptions. Overall turnovers, Vanderbilt has 13 gained, which is second most behind Auburn's 14. So in a weird game where this could get weird, turnovers are something to watch. We've talked about Auburn's streak with turnovers. They've had it in 17 straight games, trying to tie the Tigers' longest streak um well it is their longest streak currently but they're trying to tie the 18 game streak the 2007-2008 season um and we'll just see if this Auburn defense we talked about the havoc and Ron Roberts and they're going to do weird stuff and try and turn you over and get big plays they've been able to do that in year one it's been a proof of concept I know they gave up some big plays but they have been the definition of a bend don't break defense and um you know it, it it's a strong it's a big ending to the season for this defense it's really a good way to make amends against two struggling offenses coming up and then New Mexico State at home. It's a chance to really get some momentum before this home Iron Bowl. Um, you know, Nashville is a place Auburn has struggled. Um, they've lost the last two times they've been now. Granted, 2008-2012, Auburn's objectively two worst seasons probably since the turn of the century. And um, But other than that, Auburn had won 13 straight prior. Um, the series is overall actually tied. Vanderbilt won a bunch of games like, a long, long time, like a hundred years ago, no lie. And so it's tied 21-21. Auburn won the most recent contest in 2016. And during that 13-game streak, Auburn averaged um, 36.4 points uh, scored per game during that um, stint. So I feel like there's not really that much to say because it just feels very like it's a good matchup for Auburn. They should win. They should take care of their business. But it's also Auburn. It's also year one. It's also at Vanderbilt. It could get weird, but it probably shouldn't. That's basically where I'm at um, with this one. Not one of our longer podcasts. Um, not going to be one of our longer pregames, pregames as well. We are from Auburn. Pregame will be from Auburn. Our picks will be from Nashville. Um, we'll make those picks. Those will go out. We'll be picking the 2.30 and up time slot games um, from inside First Bank Stadium. Um prior to Auburn's game against Vanderbilt from the construction site. That's what we'll say. Patrick Party live from construction site, Nashville, Tennessee. Um, it should be a fun trip. Excited to see another game for Auburn. And then after that, we will, um, you know, we'll talk again. We'll talk after that Baylor game, before that Friday game um, for the basketball team, and we'll just kind of keep that schedule going. Busy time of year. Should be a lot of fun. Um and a chance for Auburn to continue to capitalize on that momentum, which is something um, that you know we've just we've been talking about. So that'll pretty much do it. One of our shorter shows, but um, that's to be honest, that's really all I really have to say. Um, so thanks for joining us. Um, we've talked about our email newsletter. Um, make sure to fill out your picks. Um, highly encourage you to do that. And we'll see. You know, I was at the game, the basketball game last year that Auburn lost in Nashville. We'll see if I can see see if Auburn can win in Nashville this time around. If not, I guess I'll have to go back. Um, 
with that, that's pretty much it for Patrick Party Podcast on this Friday, November 3rd. Enjoy your college football Saturday, everybody, and we are out of here.